0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Christian Reed podcast. Today, I have the wonderful Princess Etch returning to the show, and we're going to discuss parasocial relationships. Now, this is a bit random. Um, I know my audience. Well, I know they were expecting it, but like for anyone that just wasn't aware, like what, why, have, why has he randomly picked this uh, topic? Um, there is a reason behind this, so I'm going to give a bit of a, a, a sort of a brief. And then we'll, we'll jump straight into this so um i've had bad experiences i know princess H has had bad experiences yeah. and i want to read this statement that you sort of wrote a few weeks back or a month back now and um i've gotten princess H's commit um permission to to say this because i wasn't sure if it was appropriate but it's, it's public sure. so i suppose it is um but yeah this is this is the message It is with a heavy heart that I have decided I will no longer be reciprocally following stream supporters back, and I will no longer respond to non-business conversations in TikTok DMs. Over the last year, I've had problems with men who have leveraged their support during my streams and used it to send me inappropriate and uncomfortable messages in my DMs or cross boundaries that the rest of you know not to cross. As a fledgling streamer who has, has had a rocky year, I've been quietly abetting certain members of the community because they have been some of my top donors during various streams. This ends now. I will no longer enable inappropriate behavior towards me, even if that means a drop in subscribers or donors. Nobody is ever obligated to financially contribute to my streams. But let me be abundantly clear. Just because you donate in my streams, it it does not entitle you, to a level of intimacy with me, any level of intimacy with me. I am incredibly grateful for every single one of you who has been a part of my growing kingdom. I've become genuine friends with a lot of you too, regardless of donation amounts. It is my hope that for those who donate, they do so because they value in my live streams, they see value in my live streams, sorry, in my art and in my journey. But please, if you are donating because you want to buy a relationship with me, be it romantic or platonic, I am not for sale. On a final note, I have blocked the people I had issues with and will not be revealing their usernames. They did not do anything illegal, so please do not go looking (laughs) to pick up pigs, forks for me. Thank you. Okay, so I saw like the beginning of this message about a few months back. Today Mm -hmm. was the first time I like sat down and picked it apart. And there's just so much to kind of uh, to unpack here. Um, one thing I want to jump on straight away is, is just the, the fact that you've had like a lot of inappropriate advances from like creepy ass men on the internet, which, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Any lady on the internet doing any kind of content is going to have stories. Unfortunately, this is just, yeah
1: it just comes with the territory. It's an occupational hazard. Yeah.
0: Right. And I think it's especially sad for yourself because what you're presenting is a very much a family friendly uh, like brand. And we've spoken about this a little bit before on, on shows prior to this, but it kind of just makes it that much more sad because it's like these people, you know, they see what's being presented and they choose to, you know ignore all of that and and be creepy and then also i suppose this speaks and we said this off camera to this idea of entitlement like oh well i've paid you money therefore i am you know this means i should get this and it's like right you know what you said here just because you donate in my streams it does not entitle you to any level of intimacy with me i'll add to this if you donate in a stream whoever you are it doesn't entitle you to anything period It's up to to you, whether you choose to donate or not. I make this abundantly clear in my community. Like, uh, I I mean, it it doesn't really appear. It doesn't really, this is the thing. And you've said this in your statement as well. And and my community knows this doesn't apply to them because they're all lovely, wonderful people. They would never put me in a position like this.
1: Most people are absolutely great. Yep.
0: (laughs) That's the thing is it will be the people that kind of come in, they glance, maybe they contribute a little bit. And then once they've done that, they feel they're entitled to X, Y, and Z. I've had this more on on TikTok, to be honest, because um, obviously we both operate on different platforms, but this is yep. one of the biggest platforms we operate on because of the reach. And unfortunately, you get a lot of this on that app, and it's difficult navigating it, I think, because people kind of come in with expectations, which I think that comes from, from two things it comes from partly like a generational thing like uh, i don't know the younger generation in my experience seems to have this sense of entitlement or that there's this internet age entitlement thing like you know you click yeah. you get you get back it's like you forget that you're dealing with a person and the other element to it is there are so many creators i see or just people on these apps that will do anything for for money or or just entertainment value. I don't know. It's odd when you come across people like myself and yourself where we're trying to do something which is well, it's a business, business stuff, you know. So for you it's, you know, promoting your artwork and and then selling that element and and you know doing commissions for people and stuff. A, there's a range of things under that umbrella. For me it's promotion of Uh, my podcast and my patreon and you know joining me on the journey as far as like my acting and everything like the music streams whatever like but we are both do and I've made this clear to my audience they know this but for anyone new coming in it's like they can't get their head around this idea that you you aren't just there for the money you aren't just there to just do whatever you're told you know, and I get this like a really yeah. good quick example is when I do music streams. Every now and again, you get people come in that are just like, "Playlists, do this. Why aren't you doing this?"
1: Yep, <laughs> I actually I force people to pay uh, if they want to for for music. Uh, oh. <laughs> I call them jukebox requests because I, I had the same issue with people who were just like, "Can you play this song?" And it's like, "Do I look like a DJ?" I'm an artist. <laughs> um, if you want to pay me to be a DJ, sure, I'll play your song. But even that is hairy area because I can't vet the song in advance. So I trust my moderators to like help me with determining like is the song good. But it's it's an infrequent thing. But it's always awesome when somebody tries to like insert themselves in that way into a stream to just be like, all right, you have permission to do that, but you gotta pay. Like I'm gonna put a paywall behind it, and then 99% of people are
0: like. <laughs> it's not I, it. that's the thing I've always used you as an example of someone who's who's doing it right because you know you do get a lot of requests and yeah. when you do those live streams I mean we've spoken about this before but like you get a lot of the same requests so it'd be like oh can you please draw me Spongebob can you please draw me I don't know yeah. whatever the Joker like just popular characters and your core community have seen that like a thousand times and yeah you know and the people the new people coming in you know maybe they don't know that you know it's the same as like me getting told i you know the running joke is i look like half of hollywood like apparently i look like anywhere from 50 to 80 different actors at any one time <laughs> and you know most of the time i'm just sarcastic in my response to it a lot of the time i ignore it and people get funny they're like Why aren't you responding? And then every once in a while, I'll respond and I'll be like, imagine being told that you look like this person every single day of your entire life and being told you should be this person. You should be the second coming of this person. You should just do cosplays of this person all the time. It's like these demands um, get really frustrating after a while. and Yeah, they
1: do get taxing for sure. Right. And
0: and it's like, so you, you think of a fair way to deal with that and in your case it's like okay you want this drawing give me and you'll get it and that that's a transaction however you want to look at it yeah and i think that's very fair you give a rose okay great i'm going to spend the next whatever it is hour half an hour making this drawing for you that's really cool you know that's that's a cool way you're doing it
1: and my core community totally gets it too because they understand that for me i've drawn stitch 5 billion times on Sketch, and it's fun to draw Stitch, but yeah, after four billion nine hundred million times, it kind of gets trying. And and my like you say, my audience has seen it a million times, so I I try to um, I basically have essentially paywalled it in some capacity usually. Um, and and I'm very blunt about it. I'm like, listen, I paywalled this. If you want Stitch, you can make it happen, but. Uh, It's going to cost you X and um, every now and then someone bites and when they bite, I'm happy to do it. And my core audience, they totally get it because at the end of the day, they want to make sure that I'm supported as well. They understand that donations keep me streaming. So it's a win-win for everyone. Like, I think if I did it for free on every single live stream, my core audience would start feeling a little bit like, oh, yeah. (laughs) And I wouldn't blame them because if I were tuning into somebody's stream and they did uh, the same thing every single time, I, I think it could start feeling a little bit monotonous. So um, so it, it, it's tricky though. It's tricky though to, to draw those lines and navigate them um, to think about like, how do I provide value for the newbies and the repeat viewers?
0: Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll add to that as well. Like, I think you, you touched on a really good point about the fact that like, at the end of the day, it's got to be interesting for, for the creator too. You know, like sometimes yeah. I'll flat out refuse to play certain songs because I just don't like the band. I don't like the song. I don't want to. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just... I know, okay,
1: well, we're allowed to have preferences? What?
0: <laughs> you know, and it's, it, it, it's almost like this weird, like like, outrage, which again, never get this from my core community. It's always just yeah. randoms who come in and like, and I think this speaks to what I was saying before about the sense of entitlement. There's this like... Yes weird thing that exists where it's like what you won't do what i say well you're not getting this gift then or you're not getting a follow or you're not getting my attention it's like okay i mean are you five years old like what is this yeah, right, sorry, right. Sorry like, so you think so this, highly but...
1: of your followership that i i owe you like i always say dance monkey dance like oh you want me to dance monkey dance like
0: <laughs> but it's it's just it's just like the the the, the The audacity of certain people that they think that they have such a hold over you that they can do that that they can demand that of you like i'll give you a really random example that just came to mind so in the wrestling industry i'm a big wrestling fan um there's this professional wrestler called rob van dam and he's he's been in the industry a long time and he came into the wwf or wwe in the early 2000s and he'd previously he'd been there once or twice but he'd never really properly been there at that point and so he was coming new into this company. The competition had closed. Blah 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 blah. blah. Anyway, it comes. Uh, there's like an upcoming tour, an international tour. And typically, when these wrestlers go on a tour, they tend to go together. They go in a plane, whatever. And Rob Van Dam had decided, I'm not going to go on this tour. He's like, you know, I, I want to spend time with with my family. You know, he was waiting for time off. You know, etc. He's not going to go. And then he said that it started to become this thing where like his boss and all the people working like the higher ups were like, oh, well I appreciate, you know, their response would be, I appreciate your your opinion on this, but you know, I think you're gonna see that this is a really amazing opportunity and you're really gonna enjoy this. And he's like, hey, listen, I'm telling you, I'm not gonna be there. And he had to, yeah. and, and he started to get like, and he's not a guy that gets annoyed. Like he's very like Mr. Zen kind of guy. But he just kept getting really, really annoyed because it kept escalating every time he'd come into the room, just kept getting told like, oh, uh, and you're not going to be there, are you? Or you you should consider coming. And he's just like, listen, you don't have a hold over me. It's like, I don't care. Fire me, fine me, suspend me, whatever. You will not see me on that plane. I am not going there. And in a similar spirit, I see it here. It's like, hey, listen, if you don't want to follow me, if you get annoyed at me, you want to trash me, you want to say I'm unfair, you want to say this, that and the other, fine but I'm not doing this thing just because you told me Yep. if I do it, it will be because I think this would be cool for the stream. This would be cool for my viewers. This is a fun thing. This is the thing I want to do. And I think this speaks to the wider point about this show. Uh, Every time you've been on the show before, we've had a lot of fun. We've been talking our latest projects. We've been going back and forth, talking business, whatever. This is a topic I never really wanted to have to talk about, but I think it's an important topic to explore because we both had issues with this over the years. Plus, and here's the interesting thing as well. There's like this wider kind of, uh, I don't know, like mindset and approach w- w- with regards to how you interact with your fans that I'd never even considered before. So when I started sitting down and doing my research for this, I realized like, wow, there's just so much I just didn't know Before And I wanted to just kind of run through this and and get your reaction as well. Yeah, I'm very
1: interested to hear the research you've done for this. Yeah.
0: So we'll run through the definitions. According to Very Well Mind, a parasocial relationship is a one-sided relationship that a media user engages in with a media persona. Media users can form parasocial relationships with celebrities, live-action fictional characters, social media influencers (I hate that word), animated (laughs) characters, and any other kind of figure they encounter through media, including movies, TV shows, podcasts, radio talk shows, or social media platforms such as Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. While the research on parasocial relationships typically focuses on friendship-like bonds between a media user and a favored media persona. Media users may also form negative parasocial relationships and even romantic parasocial relationships with different media figures. Uh, This original concept was founded in 1956. And here's something really, right, it's been around a long time. And here's something really interesting that I, I didn't know this. There are different types of parasocial relationships. Obviously, we've covered just a few there. Parasocial relationships can exist in a number of different forms. Often these different forms may represent different stages of the type of relationship. So you've got parasocial interactions and parasocial attachments. So again, I'll run through these and then we'll talk about it at the end. Parasocial interactions are defined as the approximation of conversational give and take between a media user and a media persona. Unlike parasocial relationships, which extend beyond a single media interaction and psychologically operate much like a real life relationship, parasocial interactions take place exclusively while interacting with a persona via media and psychologically resemble real life face to face interactions. Now, anyone who listens to this might be like, Mm. huh? What are you on about? (laughs) So I have an example. If you feel like you're one of the gang, while watching the characters from friends spend time together you're experiencing a parasocial interaction if you continue to think about one or more members of the show afterwards or if you reference their behavior on the show as if they're someone you know you've formed a parasocial relationship with that character
1: Ooh.
0: right i'd never even thought about this but it's that's true
1: that's interesting
0: like as though like they're a real part of your life yeah in addition, parasocial attachments refers to the concept of parasocial connections that have been extended um, by this is uh, by a media psychologist, Gail Stu, I believe, to include personal attachments. So, based on the theory of attachment originated by Bondi, which describes the deep bonds formed between caregivers and children, as well as between romantic partners, parasocial attachments happen when a media persona becomes a source of comfort uh, a sense of like they provide security and a safe haven so like parasocial relationships and interactions parasocial attachments function similarly to attachments in real life and therefore an independent component of parasocial attachments is proximity proximity seeking um and i'll just mm-hmm. skip through some of this so there's also this concept of a parasocial breakup. Researchers found mm-hmm. that people respond to the loss of a parasocial relationship in ways that are similar to the loss of a social relationship. Mm-hmm. For example, when the TV show Friends ended, those with the strongest parasocial relationships with one of the characters expressed the most distress. So um, there's, a, there's a lot to unpack here. But basically what I kind of learned from it is that it's one-sided yep and here's something okay I'm, I'm gonna kind of play devil's advocate for a second when i see that people feel that they know you i think that's not an unreasonable kind of feeling to have because you're giving them like a window into your life so to speak however yeah you're only showing like one aspect of yourself. You're showing them one kind of side of yourself, one layer of yourself. Like for instance, I know a little bit about you in person, in private, right? Not an expert on you, but I know a little bit and you know a little bit about myself and it's, but that's private. That's our private life. That's not for public consumption. And that's our own choice that we've decided to kind of function in that way. Now, some people might say, oh, well, Aren't you hiding something and it's like no everyone is a entitled to a private life b if you really think about it it's not that strange because everyone you meet in life has a different connection with you you've got your friends and your family who know you best your lover whatever but then you've got acquaintances you've got random people you're not going to tell them everything you know you get told sometimes don't tell people at work everything because they're not your friends for this exact reason.
1: I agree. Um, Another thing, yeah, first off, I I definitely agree. I have my friends that I talk shop with. I've got my friends that I talk relationships with. I've got, um, I think that we all have those delineations between the amount of uh, different types of intimacy we have in conversation with them. Some know, some I've known since my childhood and so they just inherently know a lot about that chapter of my life. Others will never know anything about that chapter of my life. Right, right. And I I think um, one thing that I found really curious about the definitions you gave about parasocial relationships there is that you said it was between a media user and a persona. And I think that, yes, I think that's like a really important word to emphasize. Princess Etch is a facet of who I am. It's an authentic facet, but like you say, it's like a side of me. And so people might liken themselves to that side of me and that's very flattering and i hope that they enjoy the time they spend with me on streams but they only know what i perform they know what i'm comfortable saying in front of a camera that's rolling (laughs) they don't know jane off camera jane off camera is very similar to princess edge but she's inherently different and so i think from my perspective and I, I bet you can relate as well, I think it's inherently difficult to form genuine friendships with um, with people who view my streams because I know that no matter what, I'm always sharing the like business professional version of me. So like in some mm. ways it's kind of like befriending a coworker. In a way, yeah. because it's me being on my Sunday best, putting on the performance on the clock. So uh, I'm fine with having coworkers. That's nice. Uh, someone to talk with at the water cooler. That's all great. But the problem comes from transitioning that type of I'll say like parasocial relationship where maybe I do start kind of like befriending or making acquaintances with people who might be like my moderators or longtime viewers who have been like conversing pretty extensively in streams. Um, the, the the problem comes from, from going over that bridge of like, it's kind of awkward. Like, you know, if you have a job and you're working with your coworkers sometimes you get to that point where you have a heart to heart with them and realize, wow, we could actually be friends. But like most of the time you don't and that's fine. And that is also completely okay. And it's, it's awkward if you have a coworker that really wants to have the heart to heart with you and you're like, I don't. This is a good idea. I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep my work focused and and it's the same thing, like you know, you maybe don't want to date people that are your coworkers. And so there's a lot of reasons why you don't want to do those things. You don't want to poop where you eat. Um so yeah, that's the,
0: I like how you cleaned that up because in my head I was thinking like the yeah, anyway. But you cleaned it up and made it like lovely impression.
1: <laughs> it's, nah. it's it's a tricky thing to navigate. It's not impossible to befriend people who tune into your streams, but I feel like I should say that I have to be careful. Mm -hmm. more so than when meeting people on what i'll say more of like an even playing field because at the end of the day like when i'm streaming i'm the only one with the microphone the spotlight is constantly on me so there's a dynamic that doesn't exist when you go out to a random event and you meet someone else where you're both just random people attending an event it's a it's a completely different like starting point to to start from when you when you meet a person and it's it's, it's just, you know, I have to be mindful for a number of reasons, um, not only to, to protect me and make sure that, like, everything is above board, but also, mm-hmm. like, favoritism can get tricky. It this, can get really is, tricky.
0: This is something I worry about. Like, I know yeah. in my community, there's been a few people I've befriended over the years, but... It was always a risk and a leap of faith when I initially started interacting with that person outside of what I do. Yeah. And I think there's maybe always like a wish amongst certain people that aren't, don't know me personally. Oh, I wish I would get to know him personally. Da, 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 da. And it's like, you have to realize, like, I'm a very shy and private person in general, which I think a lot of people find that hard to believe. Yeah, like I'm an introvert and no one believes seems to believe that. But it's like that, <laughs> that again, to speak to your point about what you were talking about, like the persona and the person. I deliberately yeah. keep things authentic, but you know, I'm not an entertainer 24-7. I'm a guy, ga- I'm just a guy. I'm just a person. You know, we're just people. We have our own lives and we we get to do creative stuff for a living, and it's amazing. But it's you know there is a big difference between the two, and you know, and it's yeah. given me such a newfound appreciation for like when I see like say movie stars and stuff, and I get like why they don't want to get like all pally with like fans and stuff. I understand because they have their own network, friends, family, whatever. It takes time to build those kind of connections, and if you're a you know a person of interest, like okay, I'm not saying I'm a per- person of interest, but I do recognise that if I just would talk to everyone and be friends with everyone, that would be dangerous for me, as yeah. it would be yeah. for yourself. Yeah, you're and... a person of
1: interest to your community, and you recognize sure. that you just can't... It's impossible to give everything that you need to give for a legitimate friendship to each one of your viewers. It's just it's impossible.
0: And this is another part to it as well that I think is really important. Um, and this extends beyond befriending people in your community. This is just life. I guarantee you that none of you would be able to hold and maintain say like 30 friendships at one time. Impossible. Yeah. Like if anyone can do that, show me. I want to see the evidence and the proof because it's not possible. And you know, yeah. have your relationships and and friendships that you already have and get your business done and take care of yourself and no. Like I there's that's the thing. I keep my 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 core friendship group and my family and everything like I keep that close knit I keep that safe secure and also I keep it small because you know (laughs) I've only got so much time for for every one thing and and that might sound harsh and not everyone's necessarily going to understand that and I get that but I think if you find yourself in a position where you're doing a lot creating a lot or maybe you run a business or there's like several things you have to balance in your life you have to make sacrifices and you have to juggle things and it's not always easy and especially when it comes to friendships you have to kind of pick and choose and so if with all of that sort of taken into consideration it's not favoritism it's not hand picking people like you can be my friend but you can't be it doesn't work like that it's like no. do you know what I mean it's and it, and it's always a leap of faith because the, the reality is you don't know who you're dealing with when it's online people it could be yeah. someone who's perfectly normal and grounded or it could be someone who's got an unhealthy um obsession with you and that's the thing you can't be a friend to someone who is obsessed with you you can't date someone who's no. obsessed with you Th- these these are not healthy things and and this is this is another thing as well like i think this show will serve not only to kind of talk about the concept of parasocial relationships but also to demonstrate what a healthy relationship is and what is not a healthy relationship for example those guys reaching out to you in streams that were originally fans of your stuff they donate yeah. a little bit to you and they feel they're entitled to intimacy from you like yep. that that's yep that would be wrong equally if that were in real life. If, if like someone, I don't know, bought you food one time and you didn't ask them to, and then suddenly they're like, well, you owe me a date. And you're like, no, I don't. <laughs> like, I don't exactly. owe you anything.
1: Yeah, I think it's really important to, to emphasize that point where if you take these types of interactions and then apply them to real life and they look funny, then they're not Bingo. right in streaming environments either. Yes. <laughs> like I'm going to give like a, a very basic example. Um, and I, I know that people like, I know their intentions are fine. It's mm-hmm. not like they're, they're trying to like push boundaries necessarily. And I, I know that kids, they just, um I've yes. even given like etiquette lessons on my discord before because some kids, their their brains are literally not fully developed yet. So they just don't, they just don't know yet. They're not socially aware enough. Mm -hmm. So uh, one example that I get rather frequently because I wear my crazy outfits and I like rainbows and stuff, people will join my streams and say, are you LGBTQ? And At its surface level, that is a, you know, it's a, it's a rather benign question. Um, It can be, it can also not be because that's kind of a, some people, it can be dangerous for them to talk about that. And, Mm. and, you know, it got me thinking about how, would you go up to a stranger and ask them if they're LGBTQ? I think that's a very, frankly, inappropriate question. I think it's, it's one of those things where I would never go up to someone and be like, are you gay? Are you Mm. a lesbian? it's just it's very personal for someone that you just met it's something that maybe after a little while of conversation you might decide to broach that subject in a in a you know in a way that gives them opportunity to answer the question if they're comfortable i think everybody is entitled to their private romantic endeavors now i'm pretty public about the fact that i have a boyfriend Um, so, you know, I bring up that thing and I I feel like the LGBTQ question is a little bit more personal than like, are you single? But I also feel like that can be a tricky question because it's a little bit, um, well, I'll say it's a little bit rude. Are you single? Because I'm here putting (laughs) on a show. I'm not here looking for a partner right now. I'm not here looking to uh, find a romantic entanglement with someone in my chat. So, um, it's another thing where, honestly, I, like as a woman. Um, but I think honestly, across the board, as a woman, when people ask me that publicly, um, there are scenarios where it's appropriate, where maybe like it's at a bar and I'm like hanging out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there are other scenarios where I can actually feel a bit threatened, where I'm on the train and someone right. asks me, "Are you single?" It's like, whoa, I'm kind of a captive audience right now. Um, so, so I, I think that anytime. Yeah, people people can like unintentionally overstep boundaries that um I, I say anytime I, I'm I'm made to feel uncomfortable or on the spot, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I don't like it. And I've I've started calling it out more. And I try to do it in a in a loving and, you know, kind way, but other times maybe I've had a bad day and I could snap back a bit. <laughs> I just I just find, you know, anytime somebody does something that you would never do in real life Hmm. um, that you're crossing a line. Like you might compliment uh, my hat and you might do that in real life. That's okay. Uh, But if you say like, I don't like your shirt, it's like, would you say that in real life? Would you have the balls to go up to someone and say, I don't like your shirt? Like anything. I think it's really, truly a parody between, if you wouldn't say it in real life, then don't say it in the comments of someone's video. Don't say it on a live stream. Um, just it, and it can be a nice or a not nice thing. I don't want someone giving me a crazy compliment about you know your eyes are just so gorgeous. It's like um, it's one thing to be like you have nice eyes. But if someone like lays it on thick and they're like I see the moon in your eyes or whatever, you're like ah, oh, I, I
0: want get myself. this. I get this all the time and yeah. I know some people listening might be like, oh, well, you should just accept that and, and just be like very, you know, flattered and, and accept the compliments. And it's like, yeah, no. And it's it's nice to hear, but if you were on the receiving end of receiving comments like that frequently and then they keep being pushy with it as well, because it's one thing if someone just drops a, like on a, off comment, like, okay, thank you. And you move on. Right. Oh, um, yeah, Totally. But then there's like people that just really push it. And it's like, all right, like this isn't Tinder. We're not, we're not hooking up here. This is, I'm doing
1: this live stream. I did not sign up for that type of interaction. Right. Exactly. I I
0: think like you summed it up perfectly there. Like I think people seem to forget themselves. Maybe because it's the internet, maybe because it's, it's fun. It's a unique experience, a live stream, Um, but it is one-sided. You know, the camera goes off. I don't think about you. You might think about me, yeah. but I don't think about you. And again, it sounds brutal, but I have my life. I have what I'm doing. I have my goals, et cetera. And, you know, I've, I've said it in live streams before, like I'm not here to be your friend. You know, I, I'm flattered and I'm really happy that my live streams reach people uh, especially when people are struggling and they need like entertainment or something to keep them inspired keep them going whatever that's yeah. amazing and i love to be able to offer that but like don't get it missed don't get it confused like that doesn't mean we're going to be friends that doesn't grant you access to my life and yeah nor should it and you know it's <sighs> And I think this is, again, like when I did my research on this, it, it didn't surprise me that this isn't a new concept because it's it's existed throughout time. Like I give you a really good example that I found, which you may or may not have heard about, but this is pretty, um pretty famous one. There was a, a fan that one one time turned up to John Lennon's house in the 70s. Mm. And uh, I can't for the life of me think of where he's living, some, some grand country house with Yoko Ono. And uh, this guy, as I understand, he's a big hippie guy. I think he might have potentially been a, a Vietnam War vet or something. And he was pretty obsessed with John Lennon. And he said something to the effect of, oh, you know, your lyrics speak to me. Like, you know, like you, it's like you're taking ideas from my head. Like, you're, are you writing these songs for me to speak to me? And I think normally John would have just been kind of like, oh, hey, listen, you know, back off kind of thing but i think he felt for this guy because this guy had traveled a long way to see him he was grubby he was you know clearly not in a good way and john (laughs) at first just kind of stood on his doorstep you can find this on youtube by the way if you google
1: it. yeah i've Um, never heard about this
0: so he he's there talking to this guy and he's like listen i'm just a guy from liverpool and i wrote some tunes um, I'm glad that, you know, they speak to you, but like, I didn't write them for you. I wrote them for me. I wrote the, you know, this about whatever random thing. And you can see the guy is like slowly realizing as he's hearing this, but he can't quite comprehend it because he's built himself up. This, this obsession is built up and built up and built up. And in his mind, there's this deep connection. There's, you know, like yeah. he listened to these songs and now he's forever connected to John Lennon. And it's like, it's just not the way you think it is in your mind. Whatever you've built up in your mind is not reality. And, you know, he invited this guy in, they sat down, they had tea, they had food, and he realized, I think, oh, he's just a guy. He's just a guy. And I, I say this to everyone. I'm just a guy. I'm just a person. I'm glad yeah. that you you enjoy the content and, and you get something out of it. Awesome. But I am and will always be the same as you, just a person. With his own life, I just happen to be doing this creative stuff. That's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think that's a that's a good summation. Um, I'm friendly during my streams and sure. I like having friendly interactions with people, but I am not a replacement for a friend. I'm not I'm not a replacement for a, a true friendship. And I, I'm happy to be there for people to entertain and to hang out and to have an enjoyable experience but i just can't physically be there um, during when i'm when i'm off the clock when the camera turns off i can't like i just i can't give myself just like john lennon can't give himself to that person you know it's like we can't we just simply can't
0: then you think as well that like there's this expectation now because of the instant kind of gratification culture that we have and, and the instant nature of everything like okay emails uh phone messages whatever like apps like whatsapp right i have this issue where you know sometimes i just won't feel up to talking to people or i'm not in the headspace to sit and go through my emails or whatever like and i get back to that during working hours or when i feel comfortable and i know sometimes people are a bit like funny about that and it's like listen just because you're able to contact me in real time at any time that doesn't mean i'm going to do you know what i mean contact you yep. and like yes. com- companies are really bad for this as well like um they'll do stuff like they'll contact you out of hours and it's like oh did you not get my message and it's like yeah you contact me out of hours that's my time or they'll yep. they'll say like oh can you come in at the weekend um have you got they'll they'll, they'll say something like have you got anything on and you'll be like oh nothing just yeah and they'll be like oh great so you can come in it's like oh actually no i can't and then like oh but you said you don't have anything on and it's like if I want to sit at home and just pick out watch TV whatever right that's my time that counts as an activity maybe it doesn't to you but it is your time is is your own it's it's so sacred to use a a strong word but it's it is a
1: good word for it though and it also like that time is so important to allow us to be our best selves when we do turn the camera on when we do clock in when we do our jobs like we need that time to decompress like after I um after I finish my streams I usually do them on like Uh, I usually do them in the evenings and then afterwards I cook dinner and veg out for a few hours and that is sacred time that is important time that I spend with my partner or you know I have a phone call with a friend or somebody and it's and it and and I do my best to kind of like distance myself from my live streaming and my job and my art I I try to spend time like not thinking about it because I need distance from it I need time to breathe
0: you find as well like when you come off a stream or like for instance when we finish this podcast today like you just need like maybe half an hour to just kind of rest because you did a lot of talking like talking yeah. is tiring like yeah, you know what I mean. it's like uh, like it just takes a yes. lot out of you
1: <laughs> i i once had a this this person will probably be there for this but i um so i was experimenting with twitch and I I was hosting a stream for like a few hours, and um, I someone in my chat suggested I raid somebody, and so I was like, okay, because raiding is like a new concept to me. For those who don't know what raiding is, you basically could send your audience to another live streamer at the end of your stream. It's a really cool thing I love Mm -hmm. about Twitch. But uh, so so yeah, I agreed. Okay, I'll raid this person. And what I did not know. (laughs) And this is a very good thing that I learned. um, But what I did not know is after you raid, your stream is still going. And so Uh. people can choose to join the raid. So theoretically, your entire audience can just go to the next person. But you have to hit end broadcast on OBS if you want that stream to end. So I thought everyone left. I thought the stream was over. And so I did that. I went from like to... (laughs) <laughs> you
0: know i just like like i was just like slipped oh. the mask yeah of the mask
1: it has and like you know i'll use the phrase like
0: resting bitch face like that's basically like what i became right <laughs> i you get like comments coming through like hey are you okay man like what's wrong <laughs> <laughs>
1: well i got so there was i think my Twitch streams are like very small audience and I, I'm such a haphazard streamer there that I never expect people to like really be there for the streams but there was there was one person who has like been a regular um who who they they messaged me on discord they're like hey you you have to hit and broadcast to end the stream I you know, I was, I was fine. I, I think I joked. I was like, yep, yeah, but as soon as the stream was over, I grabbed a puppy and I punched it, you know, like that's, <laughs> that's the joke I have. It's, it's like, yep. Yeah, when the camera's off, I just go right into puppy evil. punching mode. Just... Um, <laughs> like.
0: <laughs> so, it's just funny hearing you say that. Much.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <Just
1: evil. laughs> so, so they got to witness my, my, pu- my puppy punching mode era of my, of my streams. Um, and I uh... <laughs> uh,
0: but... and so
1: so thankfully, you know, there was nothing that happened that was off base and it was like a super you know, nice. as soon as I realized it, like I couldn't help but be like, Oh, uh <laughs> Oh! I didn't I was still streaming. Oh gosh, I think a lot of streamers—that's their nightmare—is that they're like broadcasting when they don't realize it. um And thankfully, it was like super okay. But uh, it did—it was a stark realization that, like, oh yeah, when I think the stream is over, I definitely, <laughs> I, I need a moment to like. It's true, man. It's like when you yeah, go out, and I.
0: People take and I've photos. even talked about my,
1: that with my partner that like, you know, when a stream is over, sometimes he'll get home uh, mm. from work and I might have just wrapped up my stream. And like, he understands that I need 20 minutes to check my <laughs> notifications, to play a game of Minesweeper, to, yeah. you know, to to ch- to check in on Discord, to turn my brain off for a sec, to, to watch a quarter of an episode of Gilmore Girls. You know, I need that time to just to just decompress and like yeah. re it's like the it's like the 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 spirit barrier between the streaming realm and the like real life realm that you just you need do you know, that time
0: i know because i know you're you're as bad as me for this like being workaholic like i've had to f- force myself yeah. to just sit and just watch stuff and not do no no phone nothing there yeah. just sit vegetate but yes. I, that's so hard because I'm like, oh, but what about this? Oh, what about this? Oh, I can do this. Oh, that won't take long. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, just stop. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's
1: very bad for me. Last night, uh, speaking of Gilmore Girls, I was watching Gilmore, Gilmore Girls till like, I don't know, at least 1 a.m. Yeah. And the whole time I was cleaning the space on my phone. Like, I couldn't just watch the show. I had to be like, I'm doing a productive thing. I'm moving files off my phone to free up space it's like man just just watch a show just enjoy it
0: it's it's equal, yeah it's i think it's it's the balance and the harmony of all things you know like like today you know i hit the gym i did this podcast i did my auditions i'll do my live streams later and then there'll be a space where i will just relax and chill and not do anything and and that's fine too and that you need that and i think like when i got sick recently because i had like a throat infection i was out of service for like about a week yeah it was scary and i think part of it was like me just needing to understand that like you need to rest more and like with what i do i use my voice for everything um so i really had to like i couldn't talk can do anything
1: wow yeah Yeah. your body's telling you you need a break
0: Yeah, yeah i mean it's i mean now i understand like you know when people take holidays from their work like obviously like they feel like they're close to burnout but like it's it's true like everything we do like even if we love what we do our body just can't keep up you have to just let it let it sit for a minute and come back to it
1: i actually uh took a recent sabbatical from live streaming wow okay yeah it's the first time that i've ever taken a sabbatical i started and i think it was around early august and right now it's planned until like early september so like a month off and now, the thing about the live stream sabbatical is that's not my only source of income i'm I'm still working, but that sabbatical allowed me the opportunity to like move into a new space. So it allowed me to like switch my office to a new room and I went to uh, I went back home to Michigan to visit family. We hosted a guest. and it was. And there, there were a lot of reasons why I took the sabbatical, but oh, one of the big ones that I emphasized, I made like a like a goodbye video of sorts. In that video, I talked about how I need time to really evaluate the future of my streams Mm -hmm. my relationship with streaming as opposed to my relationship with my career as an artist because I think this is true for you as well that like live streaming neither of us had intended on that becoming our predominant profession and we both love doing it but it's kind of like an ancillary thing that we do on top of what what we're already doing and so it's important for me to spend that time to figure out where does this fit in the puzzle, where do I want this to fit, and how do I want to proceed going forward? So that's that's the big reason for the sabbatical, and it's given me awesome opportunity to brainstorm new ideas and to uh, not only not only new ideas for like things that I want to do on stream that are fun and interactive, but related to what we're talking about today, brainstorming um how to better set boundaries with my audience to make it a better experience for me and the audience.
0: Let's let's break this apart a little bit because and I'm looking at my questions and I think I might kinda rejig these a little bit. Um sure we'll we'll look at it from a negative and a positive perspective. So we'll start with the negative, we'll go to the positive. Yeah you've you've covered a little bit about what's inappropriate but let's let's break it down a little bit let's talk generically um give me some examples of like inappropriate behavior or not respecting boundaries um maybe unfair uh, demands stuff like that let's let's kind of like paint a picture of how we got to that point where you made that statement because that doesn't just happen overnight that happens over the course of a long time i remember Maybe a year ago, I think the the, one of the last times we spoke, we had this conversation off camera, and it was it was long. I won't go into details; it's private. But we did talk about this a little bit, and I was just really upset to hear that because I was like, "Damn!" Like, you know, it just sucks. Other people have to go through the same thing as well, and like, I'm that's the thing. I'm on such a small scale. Like, I have a small 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 following and again it's not in my core community but it is in the like wider kind of sphere of things but you're a person who has like a lot of people following at any one time watching at any one time so there's going to be more of it yeah and it's going to be quite overwhelming sometimes and it's um i think just also on a side note just in general like being a lady like you're gonna have unfortunately this kind of attention and inappropriateness regardless of whether you do stuff online or not it's like one of the sucky things about being a lady it's just you're gonna get that attention and you have to each woman has to find their own way of dealing with it and and avoiding it and and stuff but like obviously you're in a spot where you're running a business you're doing uh, you know a big part of what you do is tied with your look like not especially but it's part of the branding Absolutely. And right, yeah. and and so people like, I think, go too far with that. Obviously, um, yeah. I w- but yeah, I let's would explore say,
1: this. Sure, sure. Um, so you know, a lot of the, I'll say, like, I I, I brought up earlier that I've I've taught some like etiquette lessons mm. over on Discord where I've like delineated behaviors that um I won't reward. Um, so, so some of those behaviors can be like very innocent, and I'll talk about like why they're problematic. So uh, TikTok, I will forever die on this hill that TikTok needs slow chat. They need to introduce slow chat to the stream.
0: Yeah, never thought of that.
1: Every other major streaming platform that I'm aware of has slow chat as an option and TikTok needs to get with the program. I will die on that hill. I think it's to the benefit of every live streamer if we can have access to that feature, even if it's as slow as like a five second delay. So the number one behavior that I think universally is despised by all live streamers is uh, spammers. Copy, paste, message. Doesn't matter what the message is. They clog the chat. It's like my moderators have to digital whack-a-mole them away. Yeah. I have no tolerance for it, and I will not... Um, if I do respond to the message, I don't care what the message is, it will be negative. <laughs> I, if, if I respond to the message, it's like, stop, you're being annoying. <laughs> so, um, so,
0: I don't deb- so, get what yeah. the end game there is, because I've had that too. And the yep. mods will just be like, if you don't stop, we'll block you. Yep. And then, and then I'll always just be like, same as you. I'll be like, that would. I'm not going to do the thing you want, so you lose if you don't stop.
1: Yeah. And some people think, get
0: it. A lot of people don't. And you're like, fine, they go block. Like,
1: I th- I think a it. lot of it is children. They're just immature, and they sure. their brains literally cannot comprehend empathy. <laughs> like they just don't like like it'd be like oh you want me to come over to your house and knock at your door 80 million times it'd be like draw goku draw goku draw goku draw goku
0: (laughs) it's a good way of looking at it, actually yeah yeah
1: and i think i think it's one of those things where um a lot of like the negative behaviors that i've dealt with um that i would like to like not experience come from mostly children so I've, I've actually been trying to to do things to retool my streams to make them a little bit less children friendly not in that i'm producing more mature content but in that like i'm not abetting behaviors of children that kill the vibe of the chat i find the vibe of the chat to be this like sacred thing that i always want to protect and i want to make it a welcoming environment for the kind of people that i want to watch my stream so i think yeah, you asked you asked a, a question about like negatives as far as behavior. Uh, that I mean, that's like a surface level, but I think more in the realm of like the parasocial relationship. Mm. Um, I would say anytime someone says like, you know, I DM'd you, anytime somebody like like puts yeah. you on the spot in any way, it can be um would you like to stream with me sometime? I think it's very inappropriate to ask that question while someone's streaming. You you should never put a live streamer on the spot. They've got the microphone, they've got the spotlight, and it's just really inappropriate to put them in a position that they might not be super comfortable being in. So, uh, something like, can I be a moderator? Um, I mentioned before the stream started that I've actually deleted the word moderator and different versions of that word from my TikTok because it became such a problem where people would ask me during a stream. And, uh, if you're listening to this right now, and you're interested in becoming a moderator to my stream or to any live streamers, uh, uh, streams, just know that, um, Putting a live streamer on the spot is not a good look if you Mm. want to be one of their moderators. Making a live streamer uncomfortable is a really good way to guarantee that you're not going to be on the right footing with them. And it's not going to bode well for you if your goal is to be one of their moderators. Uh, A moderator is not... A position of uh, higher recognition of friendship with a live streamer. It's not a position of uh, you know intimacy. It's not like um, we. You and I talked about this before the stream started too. A moderator is a volunteer who helps to take care of problematic things happening in the chat. The moderators are, you know, additional sets of eyes and ears. They will take care of when someone says something inappropriate or when they're spamming too much, that is their job. And there are like certain tools in TikTok that they have access to. So if I need a second set of hands, they can start a poll for me sometimes it's very much uh, like a, a, a job. It is a job position. And so um, so anytime somebody asks that of you, I, I consider that like a yellow flag. that that makes me not want to make them a moderator. And um there, if if you want to ask, if you can be a moderator, then you just have to go about it more tactfully. I think uh, it is appropriate to send an email or to uh, inquire within the Discord, like, are there open spots available for moderators? Um, you know, I was I was just wondering, no worries if not. Like, make sure that it's, like, not a big deal if the answer is no, because, like, it's not my job to regulate my audience's feelings and to tiptoe. <laughs> yeah. Um it's not like I think you know those those are ways that like you can in a very mature way like ask or, mm. or I would I wouldn't even say ask but like express interest in the opportunity um, if I am not openly letting the world know I need moderators uh, then then usually I think you know across the board most moderators especially, or most streamers if they've been like doing this for over a year they've got a rock star roster already most likely they've probably got uh moderators that are like across time zones that doesn't mean that they're not like full up but it does mean that they're probably not actively looking um and and i tend to bestow the role upon people who don't even necessarily ask Mm -hmm. i bestow the role uh, when I notice people are green flagging all the time. And it's like, oh, okay, well, what does a green flag look like? They're uh, polite. They're adding to the conversation. They are consistently joining the streams. They might be joining streams at odd hours when I don't have a lot of moderators. They might be answering questions on my behalf, which I really appreciate because if they're a regular and someone asks a question yeah. like, Uh, how do you preserve an Etch-A-Sketch? And they answer something like, oh, if you'd like to see the video, you can check it out in her link tree. Like those are like huge green flags. Like they're actually taking a load off of my plate. And, and I always encourage that. And I agree with them. And I said, oh, what this person just said is perfect. Check out the link in my bio occasion where someone's like oh you know uh, you know someone asks me a question and maybe they don't have the perfect answer i'm not going to be like wrong i'll say like oh you know you're on the right track um you know i would word it just a little differently but like basically what they said so you know those are that that's the kind of behavior that i consider for being a moderator not like i talked about this before um before we started the stream but like i had uh, a number of top donators when I was doing my uh, my roseometer where people donated roses toward um, my student loan debt and um, some of those top donors, other people in the chat during my streams said you should make them a moderator And you, that's not a role you could purchase. That's not the point of a moderator. It's not a figurehead position to, put them on a pedestal to say look you can buy getting this symbol next to your username that's not you can't buy it you can't like you can't woo your way into it you can't like and so so i think that's that's another like really negative behavior and then as for like what i addressed in that message about the problems i was having uh with uh, for this circumstance it was men um with men who were, um. Crossing inappropriate boundaries with me, I find a really, really uh, negative behavior is if you're messaging me with the idea of having lengthy, intimate conversation with me. I, my DMs are open to discuss business inquiries and 99% of my audience gets that. They're not sliding into my DMs, trying to have one-on-one conversation with me. They get it. They understand that my time is valuable and I understand like their time should be valuable too. And I honor that every time I host a stream, I always say at the end of my streams, you could be anywhere on the internet and you choose to spend this time with me. And I never want to take that for granted. And so I find, honestly, when people DM me just being like, well, like I think everybody's universally annoyed when someone sends them a DM and just goes, "Hey, yeah, yeah." You know, but um, I think I find when people DM me just to like shoot the breeze or DM me, especially if they're DMing me to like flirt with me, um, immediately starting on bad footing. Uh, like I usually delete those messages. I I don't mean to sound like haughty when I say this, but like. If you go to my TikTok, I've got like half a million followers and I literally cannot give individual attention to people. I just Mm. don't have the time of day to conduct these like one-on-one back and forth conversations with people. Um, And it loops back to the entitlement thing where I know I usually have that problem with children, but it can be across any age range. If somebody's joining my streams a lot and maybe during the streams awesome conversation happening like they could be green flags all the time but if they decide to take that another step and try to have one-on-one conversation with me i don't i most times i do i do not abet that i will not entertain that especially not anymore i used to kind of like tiptoe around it and try to like suss it out but now i find it frankly to be like almost a red flag if somebody's trying to have a one-on-one, um, relationship or friendship with me, regardless of intention. Um, it makes, it, it, I I think there are ways that are, like, better to go about doing it, um, but I, I understand people want to be friends with me, and that's very flattering, and I'm, it's very sweet, but I find that, um, my TikTok DMs, that's just not the place to do it. You can join my Discord. You can become more involved in the community. We can have discussions in the different channels and get to know each other that way. And there are people that are super nice that uh, they, they could be like moderators. They could be regular viewers of my streams. And I really like them, but we may not have necessarily clicked on all cylinders. Like maybe they're really mm. into um, different hobbies than me and that's like totally fine. Or we just don't, we just don't have that like chemistry in some capacity. And that's like super okay. We could be friendly to one another, but I'm probably not going to be running to DMs with them to tell them about like the serious things going on in my life. Uh, that's just, that's just a level of intimacy that, um, that I'm not very comfortable opening that door with almost anybody that would be in my live stream world
0: it's Um, it's it's a it's a trust thing and it and it's and it's a leap of faith i mean i'll give you an example i did a tv show recently and one of the main cast um like i followed him on instagram and he I, i guess he must have seen that and then um because we acted alongside each other on two different dates and he was like really enamored with my work and he gave me great advice and we were chatting on set and both in the dms now if you just take that as an example i could very easily for example screenshot that and be like hey look he talked to me and show our private conversations and just put that out there to the world right now he's taken a leap of of faith in me he's trusted me not to to do that now He's not come out and said it because the, the, you know, the understanding is, well, we're both actors and, you know, that would be a really stupid, horrible thing to do. And do you know what I mean? Um, but it's there. It's I'm sure he he's had that uh, leap of faith thing many times before. And maybe he's even been caught out on it before. Who knows? But that's a really good example. It's like it's a trust thing. And to be honest, as time goes on, I, I message message like less and less and less. Like occasionally um, I I will, like if someone resp- says something nice, because um, you know, sometimes people reply to your story on Instagram. They'll be like, oh, this is brilliant. And you're like, thank you. But like, I'm not looking to start like a discourse. I'm just yes. looking to say thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, like but, that's the, the open and the close of it.
0: Yeah. But I've, I've learned my lesson even from that. And like generally as a rule, I'm not really contactable, um, and I'm um, especially with like the recent experiences I've had, and now how I'm transitioning things with with the Patreon and stuff. It's becoming more exclusive and stuff. And that's not to make it sound like oh, talking to me is such an exclusive thing, but I, I guess I never really looked at it before. Like oh, I am a creator, potentially a person of interest, because I've never had like success in this but I'm starting to approach it that way now because it's like, no, that's, good. that's yeah. the mindset you have to have to protect yourself. And also um, like even just a really good example. Um, when I edited my tears the other day on Patreon, yeah. the top tears, uh, a friend of mine was like, Oh, this doesn't really protect you. And I was like, what do you mean? And she said like, well, you know, let's say someone wanted to send you something inappropriate, like an inappropriate request, what would you do? And I'm like, huh, I never, I guess, I mean, I just, I kind of naively assumed people wouldn't do that, but it's the internet. People will absolutely do that. So I added disclaimers on both of them to say anything that's deemed inappropriate will not be granted like as a kind of, and it's sad to have to put something like that there, but. I have to do the
1: same thing. Yep. Yep. I have to say, um, I, I should let you know, uh, just a quick little addendum. I probably do have to go in about 10 minutes. Um, That's okay. So, um, yeah, just one second. Okay, cool. Um, but, uh, yes, I, I totally agree that you have to kind of cover your bases <laughs> because you never know if somebody's going to try to, like, use an opportunity to encroach upon a boundary. And I, I really like what you were saying about the, um, the actor that you were talking about, that, like, he took a leap of faith with you um i don't know if you specified their gender but um they took a leap of faith with you and um and they implicitly trusted that you weren't going to like leak leak the messages and that's like that's a huge thing because the way that i conduct myself with my like with my audience on streams like there are occasions where you know i might be dming people i always treat it as though it's public like because i don't know if anything is ever going to be le- leaked. Now, if I meet people that are like outside of that context, like maybe another um, another artist who might have um, a larger following, like I don't mean to sound, um, what's the word for it? It's not like a conceited thing. It's more of like a trust thing. Like if another artist with like a large platform re- reaches out to me and we have conversation, I inherently feel more at ease with them because they also understand that the stakes are high. Like they've worked really hard and they've uh, spent years. And it's not even like the audience number thing. If I see that they've been like posting content for years, then I feel uh, implicitly a little bit more trustful of them because I feel like they're not going to risk it all to do something stupid. And they know that I'm not going to risk it all by doing something stupid too. Like on TikTok, people can try to uh, join you in a stream and I almost never accept the request, but I will never, ever, ever accept a request from someone who has an audience of like two people because they have frankly, nothing to lose. I don't know anything about them. But if somebody has an audience of like 100 plus people, then I feel like they're not going to jeopardize their relationship with the audience that they currently have. Like they're probably doing something that is, um, they're probably like working hard as a streamer. So they're not going to like, if I were to accept their request, they're probably not going to say something stupid that would get them banned because it looks like they also have stakes in mind. And so, like, those numbers can kind of implicitly just, they can imply a a little degree of trust in that you can feel a little bit more at ease and comfortable around them. Um, Not to say that the only people who are trustworthy are the people who have a large following or who've been at it for a long time, but I am much more trustful of somebody who has a bunch of art on their page that they've been posting for years than I am of someone with a private account and zero followers. Like, just that kind of thing like I'm I'm already like more on edge if somebody messages me and they have a private account with no followers I'm like all right are you going to like kamikaze this experience and like try to like put me in a weird position Mm -hmm. are you going to try to take something I say out of context are you going to blow up at me and get angry like I already feel more defensive and on edge with like as soon as a message like that starts that's it's it's something I just I just have to be careful. Um, we all have to be careful because we don't want to like we don't want to have anything we say take it out of context, and that's another reason why it's hard to befriend an audience necessarily because you don't know their agenda. Um, no, I, it's I, a, it's tricky.
0: I, I totally get it. I mean, like just take this podcast for example. Three years ago, when I first reached out to you, you were doing well even back then, and you know at this at that point you'd already been on the news you'd been you know featured heavily featured by youtube etc uh you took a risk on on my show and i think at that point oh i think i was a fair few episodes in but it was still early days and right
1: But the risk didn't feel dangerous to me because I could tell that you were already doing this and I was able to like look at what you were doing and I was able to determine like, oh, this person's legit. They, you know, and I I was enjoying the episodes I was listening to and everything. So I I don't want to say that numbers are the most important factor, but they can imply not only is this person creating... something of you know value to a like a larger audience in some way but but that they're consistently doing something that is green flags like they're they're consistently green flagging and i'm more comfortable like tiptoeing into that world of of interacting with them because i feel like if they're committed to doing something like Mm -hmm. you had already had some episodes out and everything i was like i would be way more comfortable doing a blind podcast with you than i would with someone who wants me to be episode one Oh
0: Yeah. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Good
1: point. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> Cause I was able to, I, you know, I was able to suss you out in a way I was able to check out your socials and check out your previous episodes of your podcast and just kind of make sure that things were above board. And it could have been that I was listening to episodes and realized, Oh, maybe it wouldn't make sense or something, you know,
0: to this day. And we're talking I'm 200 and this would be 229. This episode. Crazy. <laughs> right, right.
1: Amazing. All right.
0: Three years in, I still to this day, if I if I reached out to someone and they're, you know, asking about the show, I just send them all the info. I'm like, here's here's a link to to what I do. because uh, if they ask that, like, what's it gonna be like? What are you gonna ask me? I don't tell my guests what I'm gonna ask them as a rule, because I like to keep it fresh. Um Yeah, and I, want I, it to be right. And there's a day I think there's a danger from another person's perspective like what they're gonna interview me, you know it's dodgy that you maybe they're going to catch me out so there is a leap of faith a trust exercise there but if you watch any of my shows you'll see I'm not trying to get anyone there's no agenda I just want to have good conversations good discussions get people thinking and but it takes it takes trust you know and you do have to trust people like i remember one time there was an actress that i reached out to and i was trying to get her on the show for a long time i was a big fan of her work and she sort of messed me about and one of the things she made me do and, and i i made a rule that i would never accept this being treated like this again she made me sit down and write all the questions i was gonna ask her uh and this was like the first year of the show i think and like i understand to some extent right but like i'd seen her on another podcast and i was like well you know, I wonder if she asked them to do, to do that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I hadn't, there was a particular show that she was involved with, which I wasn't going to only ask her about that. I was going to ask about several things, but I obliged. I did it. I was emailing her for like several months. She kept telling me, sorry, I'm busy. We'll get back to you. will get back to you. And eventually I just gave up trying. I was like, do you know what? Yeah. Screw this person. Like, you know, they made me jump through all these hoops and for, for what, for nothing. And that's the way you have to kind of look at it is like, look, be transparent, be above board, show what you're offering, but don't let people kind of dictate or change what you do you know um if they can't adhere to your process, then maybe they don't they don't want it enough you know yeah. but anyway, I wanna kind of have a one a one final kind of point on this to kind of just put a, like a little neat bow under it. What would be? I guess like your lasting message on this because I, I don't want to kind of make it sound, I don't know, like to me, it feels like we, we've had a good discussion, but it, it's almost it feels like being told off, doesn't it? It's a bit like, <laughs> I don't want the audience sure. and the listeners to sit and think like, well, I'm not doing that. What? Cause it's none of you. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I think this is more a general comment on inappropriateness in life yes. in general and uh, like relationships, parasocial relationships are like one, they, they exist and we we all have them. That's a the thing I should add as well. If you are a fan of a particular actor, artist, whatever, and you admire their work, you love what they do. That's a parasocial relationship, right? So it's yeah. not like we're saying it's like a wholly bad thing. What we're saying here is it can become a bad thing if you make it a bad thing. I think that's the kind of key element I want to kind of stress with this, especially from the boundaries perspective and 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 whatnot. Um, but I want to kind of give you your voice and the opportunity to to say what you want to say on on as a kind of like a final message on this. Yeah,
1: yeah, I I, I get I get what you were just saying, where you don't want to like make this feel like a lecture toward no. <laughs> to our streams. Like um, I, I think as I said in that original message that you read at the beginning, um, yep. most people are totally great. They get it. And I really appreciate that. And I think that's, that's how it should be. Um, I think if there's anything I want to emphasize is that I never want someone to donate to me if they are, if there's a string attached. Just, uh, you can't, and don't, um, don't watch my streams with a string attached. Don't interact with a string attached. You just gotta be above board with your intentions, even if the intentions are, you know, I, I'm happy to entertain and put on a good show and hang out with people, and I want to keep doing that. And the best way that I can keep doing that is by maintaining some very concrete boundaries that protect myself and make it so that the stream is going to be a better experience for everyone. So when I abet people who slide into my DMs and make me uncomfortable, guess what? When I see their usernames pop up on my stream, it makes me nervous. It like I'm getting heart palpitations and it's going to kill the stream. So mm. um, so like even if it, it's funny because the very people who might be sliding into my DMs, they're they're sliding into my DMs because they love my streams. And by doing that, they're actually inherently changing the streams. Like they're making <laughs> it a worse yeah. experience for everyone because they've made me uncomfortable. So if there's anything I could say like two live streamers Never put up with anything that makes you uncomfortable. And if you are someone who watches streamers and you have been participating in any of the activities that we've been describing today... Um, I hope you take this to heart and I hope you understand that we're not here to like point the finger at you and yell at you, but like we are here to educate you on what the live streamer's perspective is for that. Like sometimes it can right. feel legitimately almost like maybe threatening is a strong word, but like I just it makes me uneasy sometimes. Mm-hmm. and um, and so I guess I guess the final words I would say is just, um, just treat a live streamer like you would somebody you you meet at a party or something just like be nice to them and don't um don't try to like encroach upon their private life uh don't try to put them on the spot and um please try to maintain healthy expectations of the kind of interactions you're going to have with that streamer um and you know what if you are hoping to watch a streamer regardless of who the streamer is and you're watching them in the hopes that you're going to be like close friends with them you might want to stop watching their streams like it's not healthy it's not healthy it's it's a similar level of unhealthy as like if you're watching every movie that chris pratt is in in the hopes that you can get closer to chris
0: pratt Maybe (laughs) you should evaluate
1: what's going on there uh is it chris pratt or is it you know maybe you should seek some kind of um support from people that you know are actually close to you in your life and 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 maybe even like legitimately seek therapy like it's it's important to be self-aware be very self-aware of like when you join a live stream what is your game plan? Are you here to, like, be entertained by a streamer and have a fun time and interact with the chat? Or are you here with the express interest of, like, placing the dominoes to become best friends with them or be in a relationship with them? Like, I think, I think everybody needs to look inward, including me. Like, I join other people's streams Mm -hmm. and I need to make sure, like, I'll watch people's streams and be like, man, I want to be friends with this person. And there are times where it could be appropriate to, like, try to get to know them more. And there are other times where it's like, you know what? They're doing their job. They're on the clock. And... Uh, it's like when you go to a barista at a coffee shop, you don't walk up to her and be like, do you want to be friends with me? She's kind of captive in the moment. It's a little bit like tricky to deal with that situation, but maybe after three years of having coffees at the, you know, at the coffee shop, maybe you're like, ah, you know, if you're interested in maybe going to this group hangout, you know, like it's, it's, it's difficult to navigate. It's very difficult, but like when you're dealing with a captive person, you gotta be careful.
0: I'll I'll add to that just real quick um, because I think it's a really, really important point. Like if you are a fan of someone and then then it transitions into a friendship, I think you have to realize that you can't, it's not like you can't be a fan of them anymore per se, but you have to change your behavior because you're getting to know the person. Like for example, I'm a huge wrestling fan. Like I mentioned before, if I was going to become a friend of like one of my favorite wrestlers I can't be sitting there the whole time being like, oh my God, oh my God, you're amazing. And I'm not saying that like everyone would do that, but like you have to be like, oh, okay, we're friends now. This is the same as it would be uh, anyone else in my life. You know, you kind of have like the idealize them in the same way. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I think it yeah. speaks to a bigger point. You should never put any other human being on a pedestal, regardless of who they are. Yes. You know, I, I said That's earlier very good.
1: That's very about
0: good. the fact that I'm just a guy. I'm just a person you know and, and and you're just a lady and that's and that's it yeah. right and Reduce and it's, it's right and it's amazing to be appreciated for the things that you do but just don't put anyone on a pedestal guys we're all the same you know we all sleep at night we all eat you know we're the same yeah that's what it is
1: yeah <laughs>
0: anyway massive thank you for, for appearing on the show and I, I, I don't know I think we tackled this this pretty well So it's, um, yeah, it's an interesting kind of deep for- dive
1: Thank you again for inviting me. I think this is an important discussion to have. And I'm sure we only scratched the surface. But Absolutely. it is definitely um, very, it's it's a deep discussion to have. And it's a tricky one. So um, it was a pleasure to talk to another streamer about it, because I know you get it. And, yeah. um, and, and hopefully to anyone who does watch my streams, if you're listening. Um, I, you know, I appreciate you taking the time to to join uh, today's podcast episode and I hope that, you know, if you're feeling called out, um, I want you to look inward and think about why you're feeling called out. Um, and if you're not feeling called out, then it probably means you're a bunch of green flags. So thank you so much.
0: <laughs> Massive. Thank you as always. And um to yeah, to everyone who's, who's listened to the show, who's watched the show. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you. Couldn't do it without you guys. So thank you so much. Um, if you want to support the show get access to bonus content and uh, my patreon exclusive series life with christian reeve go subscribe to my patreon patreon.com slash christian reeve there'll be a link below to jane's work princess etch's work all in one place that'll be in the bio in the description as well as links to my discord links to instagram youtube everything you could ever possibly need it's all in the description check the description Thank you so much, everybody. Be safe, be well, and I'll see you in the next one.